0: Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, presented by the University of Maryland Sports Business Society.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Locker Room Podcast, where we take a look behind the scenes of sports business. My name is Harrison Kaim, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is currently a risk analyst at Dapper Labs and a UMD graduate. It is my pleasure to welcome Mitchell Sininski to the show today. Thanks for
0: being here today, Mitchell. How's it going? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's going well today. So far, uh, so good.
1: Good to hear. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. So the first question I have for you is, what was your experience like at UMD? What did you major in, and how did this kind of impact your decision of the career path that you wanted to take?
0: Yeah. So, um, so I was actually a, uh, I thought I wanted to go into the business school. So I decided, you know what, let's take a couple business classes, see maybe if I can get into Smith. Um, I realized pretty quickly on that I don't really like the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, I just kind of started looking up different majors. Um, and I saw a lot of the sports marketing and management classes at that time were located within the School of Public Health. Um, I'm not sure how it is today, but when I was there. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah, so um, I actually went to a specialized science high school and I figured, you know what? Let's try kinesiology. It's got a lot of flexibility. I can take all the sports management marketing classes and just kind of get a feel for uh, the industry that I ideally wanted to work into.
1: Yes, yeah, so that kind of answers my next question, actually. you So you always wanted to work in the sports industry. That was just kind of something that always interested you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, growing up, like when you're a kid and like, for me, it's going to Yankee games, you could always think about like how awesome it is to be at the game, but you don't realize how much stuff goes on behind the scenes. And that behind the scenes stuff really interested in me. Um, granted, I didn't know how to get get into that. Um, so I figured, uh, kinesiology and these sports marketing and management classes, I'm going to learn about these different areas I can work in and kind of see if that will steer me towards or away certain, uh, areas within the, uh, sports business world.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I mean, same thing with me going to sports games as a kid, going to Mets games for me, not a Yankee fan, but just (laughs) seeing, kind of seeing what happens at these games, like just looking at everything behind the scenes and seeing how everything goes from, from nothing to like a fully, fully produced sports game, just definitely really interesting, but figuring out how to break into it can definitely be tough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hate to say uh, the cliche is true, but it's a lot about who, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, hard work is a huge, huge portion of it, but, If you don't know somebody that can kind of connect you, um, it's hard to really break into certain areas. So uh, definitely, definitely network yourself, which seems like you're doing with this podcast and this, uh, this club.
1: Yep, definitely. Yeah. SBS does a great job kind of getting all these connections out, connecting our, our students and club members with different people. And the podcast is also a great opportunity for people to just hear about different perspectives throughout the industry, which is definitely really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So kind of going into this interest of working in sports, you actually worked for the UMD baseball team from 2013 to 2015 when they won the regionals. What was that experience like?
0: So hands down, it was the best experience of my college time. Um, funny enough, so I was a freshman uh, from 2011 to 2012. Um, back then we had, I always forget the head coach's name. We had a different head coach. Um, mm-hmm and i reached out to him during the season saying hey i'd like to be a student manager um little did i know you know season gets a little busy so he didn't really get back to me um Mm -hmm. until the end of the season where i got to have a meeting with him um and he's like yeah we'll bring you on board just show up at my office first day you move in in august and we're good to go well about two weeks later uh he took a job to be the head coach at the university of michigan Um, so I was kind of scrambling and worried. What do I do? Um, reached out to the person who was the admin for the Maryland baseball Facebook page who put me in touch with the new head coach, John chef. Um, Mm. and I ended up having a meeting with him a couple days before I, uh, moved in. He was like, yeah, let's have you on, on board. Um, so a couple of days later, I'm at practice at Chipley Field, just kind of helping them field grounders and cleaning up and taking down the field and whatnot. And uh, that led to me being, you know, an on-field manager for the entire uh, 2013 season. Um, on the field stuff was fun, but I didn't really see a future in that for me. So mm-hmm. I spoke to uh, the director of baseball operations at the time, Matt Swope. Uh, he's currently the hitting coach. Um, and he was like, yeah, let's bring you on board as my assistant. So I took over as the assistant director of baseball operations where, Mm -hmm. um, my junior and senior year, I spent good portions of the season basically planning our road trips, um, whether it was booking flights, booking hotels, making sure the team was fed after games just kind of making sure all of our road trips ran smoothly that was my job um pretty hectic at times especially you know when travel plans get thwarted you know snow rain yeah. whatever um mm-hmm. but i wouldn't trade it in for the world it was it was a lot of fun the experience was great i've we won the we won a regional both in 2014 and 2015 like you said so i've got two awesome uh championship rings to commemorate my time. So just, uh, it was a blast. Definitely recommend if anybody has the opportunity and the free time, Yeah, uh, it's time consuming, (laughs) massive time commitment, but baseball, basketball, soccer, realistically, any team on campus that needs student managers highly recommend, uh, trying to get involved in any way. Plus you get all the free Terp gear. So who doesn't like that?
1: yeah it sounds like an amazing experience kind of great thing to have during college if that's something you're interested in kind of going into the behind the scenes of sports business and just how exactly the team runs it sounds like definitely yeah great work to do
0: yeah it was it was really cool plus you're hanging out with all the all the players so like a couple guys in the pros right now um Kevin Smith Lamont Wade Brandon La oh, nice. yeah I worked with all of them
1: yeah, great players now yeah. And then this year, actually, the baseball team <clears throat> is making a bit of a resurgence.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really awesome to see. So the head coach, Rob Vaughn, who was the hitting coach when I was there, um, he took over now and he's he's doing a great job. Um, it's yeah. really fun to follow these guys. I think they mm-hmm. had their best start in school history. So uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we see that continue because I'd love to uh, book a trip to Omaha in June.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So kind of moving on to more of your professional roles. So before your current role, you were a part-time video monitor for MLB at Yankee stadium and city fields, kind of making sure the coaches and players weren't stealing signs. I'm kind of curious about experiences because like, I'm sure you can kind of go more into detail about that.
0: Yeah. So um, this is, I mean, outside of my, my job with the Maryland baseball team, this is easily one of the coolest things I ever have and ever yeah. do. Um, mm-hmm. I was essentially a fly on the wall within the team clubhouses. Wow. Uh, so my, uh, my past got me anywhere within the stadium. So I could go into the players clubhouses, the locker crazy. rooms, um, the press boxes. I could go in the dugouts. I'd go on the field before the games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I honestly can't go into super specifics about what I had to look for. Um, yeah but basically i'm i'm around all the players all the time just kind of looking for things that feel off. That's um, crazy, yeah. Yeah, there i i do have a really interesting story though. Um so funny enough in 2019 the Yankees had a game against Cleveland. Mm. Um it's a famous game because Aaron Boone got ejected after a bad strike call against Brett Gardner. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the clips, but Brett Gardner then kind of took his bat and started banging it up against the dugout roof. uh, Yeah. Freaking out on the umpire. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess maybe 10, 15 feet behind the back dugout wall is where the Yankees video room is. Yeah. And that's at least in 2019, that's a room where players could watch feeds of the game. Um, They're no longer allowed to do that due to certain restrictions. Yeah. Um, so during that game, I was in that room for a good chunk of it. Um, and the moment Aaron Boone got ejected, he comes barging into that room and uh, sat there for the next half inning next to me, just cooling down after a heated argument with the umpire. So That's um, crazy. Yeah, it was – I got to say it was really uncomfortable in the moment, but like, yeah. looking back, how many people can say I got yeah. to – sit next to an MLB manager after they got ejected from a game. So like, yeah, it's an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super, super fun. Um, But definitely one of the, the cooler jobs I've had.
1: Yeah. It sounds like a crazy experience. So I'm assuming you're training for that kind of, were there some telltale signs that you were supposed to look out for? Or was it just anything that you found to be kind of suspicious?
0: Yeah. A little bit of both. Um, I mean, obviously you don't want, uh, you don't want to let people get away with obvious things, not saying you let people get away with things, but yeah. you just want to, you want to make sure you're looking for things that uh, shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah. Like obviously the Astros got in trouble in 2017 for uh, their sign stealing uh, yep. schemes. And that's kind of what we were looking for is similar, yeah. similar processes. Um, but part of the reason we were in there uh, or a big reason of us being in there was to prevent people from doing things in the first place. If you know, somebody's watching you, you're not going to be as likely to uh, try to, for lack of a better term, cheat. Yeah. So the
1: players and the coaches, I'm assuming they had no idea who you were. You were just kind of just out there looking out for anything. Just.
0: Yeah. I mean, my, my, uh, my badge said who I worked for. um, Yeah. So they knew what I was there for and they knew I had to report certain things. um, Yeah. But they they tried to uh they would they would make sure they weren't doing anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's crazy. That is
0: a really interesting,
1: really interesting job to have.
0: Yeah, it was uh it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And then moving on to another interesting role, actually. You were a, a fraud and risk supervisor for FanDuel, which is in the sports betting industry, that's a really interesting role to have just because obviously there's so much money being thrown around and just crazy stuff going on, honestly. So what was that like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So funny enough, I did start at FanDuel in the customer support department because I needed a job. I had graduated college and I was like, let's find something. Um, So I took on a role at FanDuel in a part-time support position, got brought on full-time a couple months later, Mm -hmm. realized support wasn't for me and I ended up moving over to the fraud team. Um, where I eventually got promoted to supervisor. Um, Mm. and I dealt with fraud, I guess, when we were both a daily fantasy company and a sports betting company. Um, so things really took off once sports betting was legalized. Um, obviously like sports betting has been around forever. Um, not so much in the digital sense, you know, it's always Mm. been brick and mortar sports books, like in, uh, Vegas or people going to their bookies. um the common denominator there though is that it's mostly dealing with cash yep when you add a digital currency element like paypal or debit cards yeah people get a lot more reckless with their funds yeah stolen funds so uh i just say people are a lot more willing to get risky when they're using somebody else's debit card
1: yeah that is crazy so did you, do you have any like specific stories from that that you are able to share that kind of like just showed like how just dynamic that industry
0: was and just how crazy it can be or. Um, I don't know if I have any specific stories that like I'm allowed to share just because yeah, uh, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> due to the, due to some of the licensing restrictions that I had, yep. um, I was, I had to be licensed with, uh, pretty much every individual state that we operated in because each wow. state had their own different rules um, mm-hmm. but just when, um, you know, you hear stories all the time of people like getting their credit cards stolen here and there, Yeah, I bet it was probably used on a website like uh sports book, you know, yeah. not lifted from the wet, that website, but you know, somebody stole it and then utilized it on a sports book or something because they go through billions of dollars in currency every month, just as yeah. an industry. So. Yep. People try to sneak anything in there.
1: Yeah. Now all of these companies are having like physical sports books put into the stadiums. I was at Nationals Park last week, actually, and there was a huge Uh sports book like right next to the stadium. So people literally just they walk in there, place their bets, and then just walk right to the stadium, which is like 30 (laughs) seconds away.
0: That's outrageous. Like it's it's such a it's such a night and day difference from like years ago where like even 10 years ago, the the leagues are like sports betting is bad. We can't have it. And now, when they see how much revenue it makes, it's just they welcome it with open arms. You can't, yeah, you can't go uh, an inning of a baseball game or like half a quarter of a football game without seeing a commercial for any of the sports books.
1: Yeah. We've also seen players getting in trouble too for placing bets when they're injured or just (laughs) stuff like that, which is just crazy.
0: Yep. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, that was, uh, (laughs) yeah, an interesting one. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of moving on to
1: your current role. So how did you get started with Dapper Labs? And can you just explain a little about what the company does, just to anybody that may not know?
0: Yeah. So um, Dapper Labs is the parent company of NBA Top Shot. So yep. um, we've got NBA Top Shot, we've got UFC Strike, we have NFL All Day. And what these three things are, are they are essentially a digital um, – collectibles platform, um, our biggest being NBA top shot. So you collect digital, uh, what we call moments of your basketball players. So a moment can be a LeBron James dunk or a Chris Paul assist. And it's kind of like, it's almost like collecting basketball cards, but in a digital sense. Um, so you have like a wallet on our website and, you can buy and sell these moments to and from people. Um, We do different challenges that require you to collect certain moments on a given night based on, you know, the players who had the most blocks tonight or the person who had the fewest fouls or something like that. And then Mm. there's prizes and rewards given out for completing these challenges. Um, So it really adds like a, a fun element to to collectibles. And this is all done on the blockchain, which um, I'm sure lots of people are hearing a lot more about now, which is yep, uh, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. So I won't go into specifics about, you know, what a blockchain is, but um, yep. that's kind of what our company does. Um, and I got started at Dapper a little over a year ago. Um, I was super, super lucky. So Top Shot was at its peak in february 2021 um yeah with me working at FanDuel, um there was a lot of like overlap between us in the sports betting world yeah, and sure. people in the top shot world because you know it's it's a fun engaging product that just yeah. makes sports more interesting and it is gambling
1: um, in a sense too depending on what you buy and <laughs> sell and kind of yeah
0: yeah so um I guess there were times when like my coworkers and I at FanDuel, we'd get on Zooms and open our packs together and sell moments to each other, share them and whatnot. Um, So I saw Dapper Labs was hiring for uh, a a risk analyst role. Um, And I was like, why not? Let's apply. Um, Two weeks go by, I don't hear anything. Um, I assumed, you know, they're absolutely littered with applications. Yeah. So I figured how do I make myself stand out. Um, so I said, screw it. Let's DM the CEO on Twitter. Um, his name is Roham. So I figured I I DM'd him with a pitch for myself. Um, and a week went by and I didn't hear back. Um, so I was like, all right, what do you have to lose? A week later, I bumped the message and within the hour, he was personally emailing me and I had an initial interview set up for the next day. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, which the next day was a Saturday. um, But they were in such hyper growth that they were ready to interview and hire. Um, Mm -hmm. So three interviews later, I got an offer. And uh, I've been there for, I guess it's been a year as of March thirtieth.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great story. That is pretty crazy. And just like, I wonder how many DMs that guy gets. It's just at that time, especially it's probably
0: crazy. I can't even imagine, but like, yeah. it just goes to show, don't be afraid to yeah. poke somebody online. Like, yes, you might not know them and they might not know you, but if you can pitch yourself well um, and you get lucky, you know, right place, right time. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah.
1: So yeah, just in terms of your current role, so you're, you're a risk analyst, that's your position. So what exactly do you do in just a given day? I'm sure every day is different, but just if you could walk me through just what some of your responsibilities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say I'm uh, the, our main fraud person when it comes to the withdrawals process. Okay. Um, when I got to Dapper, this was probably the one of the biggest issues with the platform. Yeah, um, I had the same were, issue actually. <laughs> yep, I'm sure. People yep. were putting money onto the website, um, but so few people could actually withdraw their money. Yep. Um, and even if you could withdraw your money, the turnaround time was forever. Um, yeah. This was pretty much due to the fact that the company had hyper growth, um, you know, December on top shot or December, 2020 on top shot versus February, 2021 on top shot. It yeah. exploded. Yeah, it um, did. So uh, when I was hired, they knew I had a bit of experience in withdrawal review from my time at FanDuel. Mm -hmm. Um, so they kind of pushed me in that area with Dapper. Um, so with the help of the engineering team, uh, and a couple other people in the fraud team, um, I helped build and shape our current review process, at least from a specific fraud perspective, not, um, from other areas, you know, I'm not handling how we literally send the funds out and that sort of thing. Um, but I'd say now most of my days are spent reviewing these outgoing transactions ensuring users funds are safe. Um, sometimes I review chargebacks, uh, yeah. just general account monitoring just to kind of the, are just to kind of ensure users funds are what they, where they should be. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, the, while my job is to protect our business from losing funds, um, one of the bigger parts of what we do is we want to make sure users feel safe when they bring their money on our platform. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure that your account is safe so that nobody can get into it. Nobody can steal your moments or uh, take your funds.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially with like the whole new digital currencies and all, all the stuff like that, you need to make sure that the, yeah, that the customer's money just feels like it's not going to be going anywhere and that their value will stay in their account and just get kind of, transfer directly to their accounts once they're done with it so that's yeah. important
0: yeah exactly I mean we're not a bank but yeah. we are we are a crypto wallet there's the yeah. dapper wallet so we yep. we want to make sure that your money is safe and yep. that's a big part of what I do yep it's definitely important yeah. so just
1: kind of going into the the broader scope of things what is your outlook on blockchain nfts and how do you think dapper labs will continue to grow them because they've obviously done a great job so far with with top shot and expanding to the NFL and, and just other, other leagues as well. Like, how do you think, what's your outlook on the future of the industry?
0: Yeah. Well, first off, we're like in such an early stage of it. Um, I think it's super, super interesting. Like let's say you go on Reddit or and forum and you bring up the idea of NFTs. I'd say Mm -hmm. 90% of the comments are going to be like, Oh, that's a scam. Why are you buying a picture of a monkey? Um, I could just screenshot that, or I can watch yep. that clip on YouTube, Yeah, um, <laughs> which, you know, after a while you hear the same thing over and over again, and it stops being funny. But, yeah. um, I think there's a lot more to it. Um, for example, utility is a huge part of the future. Um, like think about owning NFTs or like, a, uh, just for an example, think of like a sporting event. Um, what if you were able to get access to like a special section at a Mets game where you got free food and drink um, solely yeah. because you're the top Mets fan collector on a uh, platform? Yeah. Um, like that's the future of NFTs in my mind. Um, yeah. And I, I love where Dapper is headed. Um, when I onboarded at Dapper actually, uh, what was it? They gave us an analogy um what did they say they said think of or first off dapper wants to put a crypto wallet in the hands of a billion people which is a huge huge undertaking um but what they said in the comparison they made was think of it like the game solitaire on a computer um it's a simple game that we all know how to play um but at its most basic form it taught you kind of how to operate a computer. You can click, you can drag, you can drop. Like, yeah. I think that's what Dapper wants their games like top shot to be. Um yeah. to teach you how to interact with the blockchain. You don't have to really understand the, the yeah, technology.
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah. yeah, like that's that's kind of where Dapper wants to to head. So hopefully we get there.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I was actually at a Giants game this past season, and uh-huh. for every every two or so home games or whatever, they do they do a giveaway. So the giveaway for one of the games was actually an NFT. Oh, cool! So they kind of, I think every one person per party when you walked in, they would give you give you a link for your phone that you typed in to claim the NFT. So I don't know, I don't know what the goal is for what they want to do with that in the future. Maybe they'll become a collectible set, maybe something like that, but. I thought that was crazy that they were just giving that they had all these NFTs just like that they created for this specific game, just a random regular season game. So I thought that was pretty crazy that they're kind of yeah, that's, into that.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I uh I haven't gone to a game like that yet, but I'd love to go to any game where they give out a an NFT, you know. Yeah. Um and I think one thing to understand is a lot of people see it as a quick way to make a buck. People are buying and selling these things like they're stocks, and that's—I don't think that's how you're supposed to look at them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we don't know where this is going to head, but uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a really exciting industry to be a part of, and something to something that I'm really looking forward to learning uh, what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of also a lot about the perceived value of these of these mm-hmm. NFTs because there's there's only value if people are willing to kind of pay for them and it's all about what people choose to put into them so like for all these sports fans for example Uh it's kind of the same as collecting physical trading cards it's just like this this may be just either like a digital image or a piece of paper but like if it's worth something to people then people will pay for it and that's kind of how the market starts and that's how it kind of goes
0: you're you're exactly right what what makes a uh a mike trout numbered to 10 card valuable well there's 10 of them and it's mike trout i think the same thing can be said with a legendary lebron james moment.
1: Yeah. And then just kind of moving into the bigger picture, what is your biggest takeaway been from your role so far and why?
0: Ooh, my biggest takeaway. Um I would say that um working in something that you believe in uh makes everything like that much better. Um Yeah. For example, like before I got to FanDuel, I loved playing DFS. Before I got to Dapper, uh, I loved the NBA Top Shot product. Um, like you say, you don't always want to see how the sausage is made, but mm. I disagree. Um, like if you know what it takes to put something together, yeah. culture behind and be- the culture behind it, the mentality behind the people doing it, um, it makes you buy in more. Um, mm-hmm and it makes work feel less like work and a lot more enjoyable. So yeah, yeah, my biggest takeaway has got to be just find something that you believe in and it really helps you with your job.
1: Yeah. I mean, no matter the industry, doing something that you enjoy is probably the most important part of anything is if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to want to do it anymore. So I feel like definitely is an important takeaway to have. Exactly.
0: It's not, it's not always about the money. Getting, having a nice salary helps, but yep. would you rather make a lot of money and be miserable or make a little exactly. bit of money and do something that's fun and makes yep. you happy to get up in the morning? Yep, I agree.
1: All right. So moving on, we, we tend to close out every episode with a little segment called the Maryland Minute, which is just some rapid fire questions about your time as a Terp. So my first question I have for you is what was your favorite class that you
0: took at UMD and why? Ooh, um, that's gotta be sports marketing with yeah. Dr. McDaniel. Um, that was in the school of public health, I think. Um, it just kind of opened my eyes up to the industry and really taught me about the different areas you can work for a team in. Um I think we learned, you know, about ticket sales, sponsorship sales, marketing, all these different areas that you can really go into and it really. Yeah. It really dove in deep to each area
1: yeah we don't really have a sports marketing class anymore they kind of really yeah there's now there's a good sports business class in the business school now but i think in terms of yeah i think that's pretty much the only one in terms of like actually connecting sports and business i think it's definitely something that maryland could improve on i think
0: oh wow yeah i think um I know one of the professors that was pretty heavily involved with the sports marketing and management classes is no longer there since my time, yeah. but mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully they get that back up to speed because that was yeah. obviously my
1: favorite class. Yeah, SBS has been doing some work to try and get even a sports management minor or just something like that because I know there oh, are awesome. a ton of students that would be interested in that, so hopefully that, that comes, to, comes to life one day. I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah, and then moving on, what was your go-to college park restaurant? <laughs> um, I don't know if it's still
0: there. Is Cluck U still there? Clucksters? Oh, it actually just closed like last year. Oh, that stinks. That yeah. was that was my favorite spot. Um yeah, I it's remember. turning into a Popeye's now. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah. Um I uh I remember going there with a couple of my friends and one of them did the 911 challenge, which is their yeah. hottest, hottest oh, sauce. Really. That was, yeah. it was a painful night for him.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. And then what was your favorite spot on campus, whether it was just to study or just to hang out or, or it can be whatever?
0: Yeah, um, easily uh, the baseball field, Shipley Field at Turtle Smith Stadium. I yeah. spent so many hours there, but it, so many great hours watching baseball, putting on the games, that sort of thing. It was it's got to be my favorite spot. Yeah.
1: And then what was your favorite UMD memory?
0: Uh, 2014 Uh, we went down to South Carolina for the first round regionals yeah. um, and we won and I got to dogpile with the team on the field. So that'll, I'll yeah. never forget that moment. That was so much fun.
1: That is great. And then what piece of advice would you tell a student that cons- that's considering coming to Maryland?
0: Um, I'd say, you have to go to a basketball game um, before yeah. you go. Uh, and I don't mean like, you know, a random Tuesday against, you know, Quinnipiac, like yeah, go to a conference home game, watch highlights of a, a game and just look at the student section. Um, yeah. Like, like tell, watch the video or be involved with them unfurling the flag and tell me you don't want to be a part of that. That was, that was like, some of the highlights of my time at Maryland. Those games were so much fun.
1: Yeah. I think I agree. we stormed
0: the court twice versus Duke. Yeah. Um,
1: they don't let us do that anymore. Oh, that stinks. <laughs> yeah. They they line the court with security guards now. So nobody can go on.
0: That's that's frustrating. But uh yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Coach Willard brings us uh brings us some uh, future success soon. So
1: yeah maybe you guys can get past
0: those security guards.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and then, yes, that's actually all we have for today. Mitchell, it was a pleasure having you on. I, I really enjoyed hearing about all of your experiences. So thanks so much for joining us. To all of the listeners, follow us on Instagram at SBS underscore UMD to stay up to date on the
0: latest Locker Room Podcast guests and news. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mitchell. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome getting a chance to talk to you. And, no uh, problem. Sorry I took you away from the Mets game.
1: Yeah, all good. Thank you. <laughs>